Welcome back to the DJ Sessions, where we feature the best DJs and producers from around the world. I'm your host, Aaron, and right now I'm sitting in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, with none other than one of our infamous, famous, 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 fastest, well, kind of fast, it's 138, because that's his name, Chris 138, resident DJs, Chris 138. How you doing today, Chris? Doing great. Good evening, Darren. How's it going? I'm doing great. You know, we're just here chilling and I'm glad to finally get a chance to interview our resident DJs and get them on the show. You know, we spend so much time reaching out to other people and other DJs from all over the world. I finally got the idea to say, why aren't we talking to our resident DJs? So, you know, we're going to get our viewers a little bit more of a taste of who you are, what you're about, how you got started, all that fun stuff. Um, now, first things first, you're not from Seattle, are you? I'm not from Seattle. I'm originally from Orange County in Southern California, so specifically Dana Points. Uh, moved up here full time five about almost five years ago, um, and I've loved it ever since. And were you DJing down in California when you were there, or was that something you I picked was up when you moved up here? Yeah, I picked it up when I moved up here. Um, I just, you know, it, it kind of just kept circling. You know, I've been listening to electronic music for so many years, and you know, it's so funny when I was growing up. I always think I'd listen to a song and be like, wow, you know, that drop sounded terrible. I kind of want to think about make it better. I kind of got my wheels turning um, at a young age. So, and then finally I made the jump into DJing and a little bit of production as well. And finally now I'm doing it more and more and I'm loving it every single day. So you have made the transition to production. I have, I've got my MIDI keyboard actually right in front of me. So I've been playing around with Ableton. Um, so I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's a lot, but I'm definitely working on it made a couple tracks so far so well that's good because you know that we haven't necessarily released the public yet but we are looking to start the dj sessions label probably q1 2023 is when we're looking to launch okay, okay. really excited because yeah um more on that later folks and that's for more for you resident djs in the discords because you know i love my discords and talking about everything other. but yeah we're going to be going to ade later this year making some big connections there, working with some people and um, setting up everything to start the label up. So looking forward to those tracks coming out and definitely know where we'll put them up on the brand new website. I guess it's a of year course. old, but it's new and it's always changing and doing stuff. But um, in Seattle, you know, what, what clubs, where do you typically gravitate and go to play? Where would be your ideal location? One could find you. Yeah, here? sure. So I'm, I'm aging myself here. Um, before I used to always go to Aston Manor. I used to go to, um, the other one by Pike Place. I don't even remember the name anymore. It's been so long. Foundation, that's what it was. Foundation. Foundation. I used to start there, but then those are the kind of generic EDM clubs. You just kind of go there, have some drinks, have a good time with some people who are just want to have fun. And then as I started to grow more, my music taste, DJ a little bit more, started to go to the underground a lot, go to Aura. Um, those are kind of the primary two things. I mean, with COVID and everything, I've kind of slowed down. But those are definitely primary two. I know there's actually a Facebook group that has like some renegades. I've gone to one or two of those um, around Seattle as well, meeting other DJs in Seattle that aren't really out in the scene. So really everywhere, honestly. Well, don't forget you were the first DJ to ever play the mobile studio with the new upgraded true. screens in it. And That's very the true. sound system in it. So uh, you've been all over Seattle, technically. <laughs> technically, yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> now, um, backstage, do you ever get a chance to meet any of the artists backstage or you've ever met an artist in person? And who was your most memorable artist that you met? And um, what was that like? You know what's actually funny? I've actually met most artists just in the venue because, you know, backstage are kind of like in the zone. They're like prepping. They're 
kind of like not super approachable, at least from my experience. Um, the one that stands out to me, it was kind of a smaller DJ, Jake Hobbs for Anjuna Beats. Um, I was in Vancouver going to Anjuna Deep Open Air. And I was talking with him a lot um, because he was my campmate at Weekender in 2019. So I was talking to him a lot about DJing. He knew he knows the above and beyond trio. And I was like, okay, got some tips and tricks from him. He says, oh, you know, never play the same song twice. Um, take 30 songs every month, buy them, and then just make a random mix out of them. Um, and of course, like you got to make music. And, you know, a lot of that conversations I've had with him have really stuck with me over the years. Um, and I do the same thing with my live sets. A lot of times I play songs I've barely heard of or I've heard once and I just kind of wing it because it really works honing your craft. So a lot of the advice he says, I've took to heart and I love it. And have you ever gotten like completely starstruck when meeting somebody or, or just completely fanboyed by any chance? You know, when I met TNT, uh, Techno Boy and Toon Boy, I was pretty starstruck, to be honest. Because those guys have been around for decades making hard style. And, you know, I grew up with them back in the 2010s um, when I was first getting electronic music. I mean, I met them. I was like, oh, my goodness. I never thought I'd ever meet you guys. Um, I also fanboyed over Gareth Emery when I met him at EDC, too. Um, I was like, oh, my gosh, I've seen so many shows of you. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I get a little get those butterflies. And, and, so and you know, you aren't always in the Seattle area doing stuff. You are traveling and going to a lot of shows. And I know as shows have been opening back up, you have kind of a busy schedule. What show for 2022 are you anticipating and, and looking forward to going to the most? Oh, there's so many. Um, well, there's EDC later this um, later this month. We're officially in May. Um, later this month. Um, you know, the most excited that I think I'll go to is a show in San Diego called Day Moves. Um, it's kind of a, because there's Cross, um, the Cross Festival, which is house and techno. They have one in the spring, one in the fall. And then in the middle of the summertime, it's called Day Moves where it's not super techno or too much house. It's a little bit more kind of feelsy, feel, um, melodies, things like that, which is perfectly my vibe. Um, so probably that one, plus sunny San Diego, um, get out of this rain and cold up here. So <laughs> I think it would be super. That's probably the best one I'm looking forward to. And, you know, we're definitely working on that with our expansion to Arizona this yeah. summer, this year. Although summers down there, I heard, are can be pretty unbearable. Oh, yeah. I, I feel um, like in the, in the truck, it might be a challenge in <laughs> driving around Phoenix. <laughs> I, I, think we'll, degrees. I, I think that's at nighttime. <laughs> okay, oh, gotcha. okay you're right you're right it's not like in the 90s though no know? i think it's like 110 degrees in the nighttime oh, you're right you're right <laughs> like yeah we're uh we'll have to figure out the ac thing on that one there um have you ever considered moving to another set 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 city or state or to maybe pursue uh your career uh, of course i mean it always comes into my mind um Whenever there's a good opportunity, um, I mean, you have to always take a chance, especially with the career. I mean, I love DJing. I think it's so wonderful. It's such a great scene. I've met so many wonderful people in the scene. Um, I mean, who knows? The right opportunity comes along. Why not? So you're in the process, you mentioned also of, of, of building your studio out. You got your keyboard in front of you, you're learning Ableton. Is that your home studio we're looking at right there? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not much. It's a tiny little L-shaped desk. I mean, I don't have a ton of space in this apartment, but I got my keyboard. I've got my two Denon SE5000s here with my mixer. You can see it kind of in the back. Let's see right there. There's my, de my, uh, my to-go Denon MCX8000. So I love my Denons. Um, I have my DDJ400, my very first controller around here somewhere. 
Um, but mainly I play on these guys. I've also got a couple turntables that I don't have room for at the moment um, uh, that I play um, and I mix with along with my X1800 mixer. And I've got all my records sitting in my beautiful corner over there with my record player for listening. And, mixing, actually. and speaking about records and getting acquiring tracks that you play, where are the top five places you go to get tracks? Well, for digital, I'll always go Beatport. Um, that's kind of like the standard. Um, Bandcamp is a good one as well. A lot of times um, I have some smaller labels that I follow and some maybe lesser known DJs that I follow that release on Bandcamp. So I'll buy from there. Um, I will never, ever YouTube rip a song. I will never, ever, never do that. I support all the DJs that I play because, I mean, it's so much effort to put um, all this energy and all this effort into a song that I have to support them. I can never do that. Um, as far as physical for my records, um, my favorite place I used to go to was Everyday Music in Seattle, a record store um, in Capitol Hill. Unfortunately, they closed up. Um, I was very sorry to hear that. And then I actually have a record store close to me. I'm not, can't, I forget the name of it right now. Um, I've got a record store close to me in Linwood. Um, and then there's just random ones I go to. I'll literally go on my phone and just search record stores in Seattle. And I'll go there, I'll take my AirPods, I'll listen, see what kind of like fits my, fits my style, and then I'll just buy it. And you mentioned you kind of, you follow DJs. Do you ever use 1001 track lists to kind of see what other oh, people are playing? Of course I do, all the time. It, it's kind of an addiction, to be honest. I'll see like what a, what a DJ played, and then I'll be like, oh, like, did they change something up? What did they do? Ooh, they played like some more techno, things like, oh, I love doing that. It's bad. <laughs> I'm on it all the time. And outside of your own genre that you play in trance, who is a, who's one of your favorite electronic music DJs and or producer? How about a DJ and then producer? Or it could be a DJ producer. Who's your favorite gotcha. one outside your own specific genre, trance? Outside my own genre. Ooh, that's tough. You know, um, I've been getting a lot more into kind of like the deeper trance part. So it's not really trance. It's more deeper. Um, I love Basil O'Glue. Um, he's kind of deeper. He's kind of on the pure trance label. I'm loving his stuff. It's a lot darker. Provides a nice kind of build up to a more quicker, um, speedy trance. Um, so there's one. And another one that I love listening to may not be great for mixing. Um, I believe his name is Embers, E-M-B-R-Z. He's another one. He's kind of, some of his tracks are a little kind of mousetrappy, um, but a lot of it is kind of like lots of really nice melodies, good sounds, very atmospheric. And it's kind of like very chill house around like 120, 118 BPM. It's for my morning commute to work. It's Oh, chef's kiss. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned Beatport a little earlier as kind of your go-to. Is yeah. there a feature that you would like to see Beatport have that um, is not currently available? Is there something there that would be a nice thing that would be to have to, to, uh, when, when looking for tracks or purchasing tracks? You know, I think some, it's just the user experience is a little clunky for Beatport for me, honestly. Um, every time I always have to log in and then it glitches out or I have to log in twice. That kind of annoys me. And then a lot of times I'll go, I'll purchase a song and then I go back into it. And let's say I purchased the single, correct? And then I go on a compilation album and then the same song is there. Like, I don't want to repurchase the same song again. And I won't say that I purchased that song already inside Beatport on a different album. So that maybe that's tough to do for a software perspective, but something like that. Cause I've bought the same song four times before, unfortunately <laughs> it sucks, but it's just the way it is. Buying compilations, buying albums, things like that. EPs. Um, that's probably my biggest bugaboo. And then, and then um, I'm going back to a question asked, you know, who your favorite 
producer or DJ was inside of electronic music. How about an artist outside of electronic music? Ooh, ah, there's so many. You know, my guilty pleasure is The Killers. I just saw them a couple of weeks ago. I love The Killers. Um, I love Pink Floyd. I grew up with Pink Floyd. Um, they're wonderful. I, I have, I think, every single album they have on vinyl. Um, those are probably my two biggest ones. I love those two. I mean, I know there's like yin and yang, like you cannot get any more different, but uh, I just love them both. And uh, what, what, the, what, what's the current hottest track that you have on your, on one of your memory sticks? Like if you came out right now, mm -hmm. I know this one is surefire winner. It's going to work. What mm -hmm. track would that be? My favorite one is um, it's called fall in by Nomra also with, I believe it's pronounced moon. Um, it's it's a kind of like a deep house track, but kind of strains into more progressive. Um, I think it was released last year, but I, every time I'm playing kind of a melodic house set, um, something more down tempo, I always seem to play it because it's a great bridge between melodic house going into more progressive. And then you can start to play a little bit more progressive tracks. And I, I swear I played in every mix. I've looked back on my mixes and it's so bad because you're not supposed to play the same track, but oh, it's such a good tune. I love it. And uh, when you're, when you're not like, what do you do when you're, when you take a break from music, what other activities are you into? Do you, are you just about music? Are you work and then music production and DJing or does Chris one, three, eight have an external life that he does activities outside of, of music, outside of electronic so music? So thankfully I do have a slight external life. I like to think, um, well, the weather's warming up. I love God, go on the golf course. So I actually take a lot of, uh, tracks and I kind of listen to a lot of new tracks while I'm golfing like oh this is a good one I kind of separate them out in my folders on my music player um seeing okay which ones I can play in what set um I also in the winter time I go skiing a lot um I like to go hiking kayaking things like that and just general traveling to be honest um outside of work I try to travel as much as I can I know with the world the way it is it's a lot more challenging um but with the it kind of gives you an opportunity to see a lot more places domestically in the United States that I would have never seen otherwise. So doing a lot of things like that. But yes, I do have a life, thankfully, outside of these beautiful decks. <laughs> and uh, does your family like dance music and do they come to your shows and support you? Uh, unfortunately, I'm the only one in my family up here, um, oh. which is a little disappointing. Um, but my sister, a little bit. Um, my brother surprisingly loves Anjuna Deep. Um, I mean, and I'm always like, hey, like, let's go let's go check out a show or let me make a mix for you. He's like, Oh no, no, no. I just like my very specific items. Like, let me just live my life. And I'm like, okay, you know what? That's fine. I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, my mom, not so much, <laughs> of course. And it's actually funny. My girlfriend, she's a big Jonas brothers fan, but I'm slowly trying to merge her into like the electronic music and trance. So I made a couple playlists for her and she's already like, Oh, I actually like this stuff. So I took her to her first, uh, I guess, rave a couple of weeks ago at Maddion in downtown. So trying to convert people. <laughs> awesome. Are, are there uh, any other shows that you watch, like podcasts or live streams uh, that you would recommend? And if so, if you watch a multitude, do you have a top three that you would pick that would be your favorite that you kind of always go to and listen to? Uh, there's a lot. I usually don't repeat. Um the different podcasts or mixes that I like to do, because I, I like to have something new, something fresh. Um, the top ones I love, um, there's the Vinyl Sessions by the Thrill Seekers. I believe he does them every Wednesday, where he takes his Technics and he just plays a bunch of classic trance and oh, that hits me in my soul. I love it. 
Um, another one is, I mean, obviously a state of trance. Um, there's future sound of Egypt. Um, those are kind of two bigger ones. Um, I'm trying to think another series, um, Sersal. I think it's, I think it's pronounced Sersal. Um, they're like European. They do a lot of house techno shows, um, at different awesome venues. So I know a couple of friends who went to the above and beyond deep show in Colombia. Um, so those are probably the main ones that I really watch. Those are all great. And of course, uh, group therapy above and beyond. I follow that as well. And you also have your show and your stream that you do on the DJ sessions as well. <laughs> yes, of course. That's my, I think that's my favorite to be honest. I actually, I actually, I actually had to, I was driving the truck around for a client last night and they wanted some trance music. So I went to your page, pulled up an episode and threw it on the system for them. While I was driving around, but we were warming up. Oh, awesome. the DJs to come. <laughs> they were loving it. Totally loving it. So I think it was that, that first set that you played in the truck when you were in the back of the truck. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that was a great yeah. set. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. So where do you see yourself in the next, in 10 years from now? Where is Chris 138 going to be 10 years from now? The 2032 rolls in. Where's Chris 138? Why, 10 years from now. My goodness. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine 10 years from now. Hopefully I'm still alive. First of all, let's get that out of the way. Hopefully I'm still breathing. Um, I've got all my fingers and my legs, hopefully. Um, by then, you know, I just love building my craft. I mean, I really, like I mentioned earlier, I'm just getting into music production. Um, I've made a couple of rough tracks. Um, I have a lot of friends who are kind of in the same boat as me that live across like in San Francisco and Las Vegas. Um, we're all doing the same thing. We all started DJing and music production about the same time. So we're all honing our craft, really getting advice for each other. Like, hey, I did this snare. What do you think? Oh, what do you think? Is my bass too muddled in this track? Things like that. So honestly, 10 years from now, I'd love to just kind of just be a local DJ. You know, of course, we'd all love to be the huge superstar headlining the, the Sahara tent or the Yuma tent at Coachella, headline Kinetic Field at EDC. I'm a little bit more realistic. I just love to be local, playing awesome music to the people that I live around, meeting amazing people, and just having a wonderful time because I love this music. I want to meet people, like-minded people that love the music. And even if you don't, try to get you to love the music. Um, and expand my taste, expand my horizons a lot, um, different genres. I mean, as you know, I'm not just trance and house. I play hard style. I do play some dubstep from time to time. Um, I'll throw on a basic EDM set for the mainstream crowd as well. So just, yeah, meeting a lot of people, um, being a local DJ, I think is ultimately like my, my big goal. And I guess that kind of sums up to my next question was going to be is what defines success for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's tough for me. It's, I think my success would be a lot more intangible because, you know, my favorite part is going, playing a set and then afterwards saying, oh my God, that was an amazing set. They are so great. I love that. But usually if people are drunk or they're doing other things, so they're having too good of a time. My favorite is a couple days later when they text you or they send you a Facebook message. You're like, wow, like, I'm still recovering from that set you played a few days ago. It was amazing. Such a great set. Or I didn't realize that was you. Oh my gosh, that was so great. That's my success. When If there's just one person every set I play that says your set was awesome, it made my day, that's success for me. I think I can, I can definitely relate to that. Um, the, one of the biggest things is when I see that what we've created is a production, whether it's a silent concert or driving the mobile studio around, and seeing the smiles on people's faces or seeing the dancing yep. in the street. And it's like, I'm doing the magic. We're doing the magic. It's like, obviously I'm driving the DJs playing the magic, but what we've created <laughs> is this 
unique yeah. experience where, you know, the ratio I say is 999 to one, you know, 999 people will be smiling, looking, dancing. There'll be that one person out there will be like, yeah, but it's like, okay, you're not who we're playing this for anyways. You know, exactly. so you almost got a thousand to yeah. one ratio roughly. And I think that's the greatest thing that I get to see too, is seeing the smiles on the people's faces. Cause that takes yeah. me back to how I was on the dance floor and watching the DJ make me smile, make me feel mm-hmm. good, make me yeah. want to dance and shake my butt and, you know, boogie on down and all that fun exactly. stuff. Um, <laughs> You yeah, know, you so know, I mean, with our with, with our silent discos, there's honestly nothing better than seeing someone bring their headset back after two and a half, three, four hours of dancing and they say, wow, that was so much fun. Like, I'll be here next week. That yeah. is like, oh, love that. And it's completely sweaty because they've been dancing their ass off. Exactly. <laughs> you got to get the disinfectant out. Right? Yep, and guys, <laughs> um, if you could go play a city, what city would you go to play in? If you could pick a city like, I want to go play there. And I, I'm going to play at an event there. What city, after all your travels or, or somewhere uh, that's maybe on your bucket list, what city would that be? You know, I'm a Cali boy. Um, I have a lot of friends in L.A. and San Francisco. I think either one, L.A., San Francisco, because, you know, the trance scene on the West Coast is a little bit bigger than some other cities. Um, so SF, L.A., oh, that would be so wonderful to play. There's so many talented um, individuals out there. And even San Diego too. I've met some really talented DJs in San Diego. I'm in the house and techno scene, really just any of those three cities. I would be, I would be perfect for, I'd love to, because there's such a great crowd. The vibes are great in all those cities. Um, And there's nothing I can really say more about them. Be wonderful. And if you had to go back, say at your current age right now, who you are right now, you could go back 25 years in time and start where you're at right now or be where you're at right now or go 50 years ahead in the future, which one would you choose and why? Ooh, I would go 25 years back, I think. Because, I mean, as a trans head, I mean, 25 years ago, we're, we're talking about 1997. So that is peak record, classic trans age. That's when all the amazing trans came out that I'm still trying to find on vinyl. I would love to go back there and be in the sweaty boiler rooms in Amsterdam, throwing down just the plastics on every single, oh, that would be heaven for me. 50 years into the future would be, I think, pretty awesome too. I think because, I mean, you see where we've, even just in the last 10 years, you see where technology has gone. I mean, you look at the the DGA equipment. I mean, 10 years ago, there were still turntables out or we were using the old CDJ 2000s or the 2000 Nexus 1s. And you see where it is now, it's mind boggling, it's crazy. Um, but again, I mean, yeah, 25 years ago, 100%, 100%. Awesome. Do you remember the first rave you ever attended? I do remember the first rave I ever attended. Well, I don't consider nightclubs a rave. So no. the very first rave I ever attended was, I went to Crush SoCal. So in San Bernardino at the NAS Event Center, and it was in 2016, so about six years, actually over six years ago now. Um, I think there was um, Dash Berlin was there, Don Diablo, Tritonal. Um, I think there's Wookie and Wewek also. So it was a really fun kind of like last minute decision for me to go. Because, um, you know, I was just like, oh, what's this? Um, I've been to a lot of nightclubs before. I was kind of a, when I turned 21, I went to a ton of nightclubs. And I was like, oh, what's this? There's all these different artists on this one lineup, like, and it's just as much as a club. Oh my gosh, I have to go to this. And it was changed my life. It changed my life. 
And, and, and do you think that dance music, or should I say trance music, since that's your foremost genre, do you think that it sounds better at night or does that matter? Honestly, I don't think it matters because with trance, there's so many different melodies. Um, I think it could be something where if you go down tempo trance um, with that kind of melodic house, it's, I still consider it trance just because of the melodies. You play that in your morning commute, going to work, it's super chill, relaxed. I was like, all right, getting ready for the day. Throughout the day, you can play something like that. And then as sun comes down, you get quicker and quicker and quicker. And then you get up to that beautiful 138 BPM when the night falls. Yeah. So when can we see you in Ibiza? <laughs> wow, I would love to go to Ibiza. <laughs> Whatever I can, to be honest. Whatever you can. I'm, I'm trying to go to Europe in the fall. I'm trying to, I'm going with my mom most likely. I'm trying to egg her like, hey, let's make a quick pit stop over in Spain. There's a little island. I don't know if you've heard of it. Like, let's just go for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's going to be like, what did she just bring me to? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she would be like, oh my gosh, what is my son doing? <laughs> well, we're working on it. You know, we have Amsterdam later this year. We're planning on a winter music conference early 2023. And then uh, definitely I just... I should have heard, I, I have not been on the world circuit myself yet. So we're really excited to be going to Amsterdam here in the near future, but we're looking at the IMS conference as well. And so, so we got, you got IMS in Ibiza and then you have, uh, you have Sonar in Barcelona yep. as well. Yep. And then you have Amsterdam and I'm, we're going to be knocking on those doors, Chris, we'd love to take you with us. You know, is there anything else you want to let our DJ sessions fans know about before we let you get going? You know, I've gone over a lot, but, Generally speaking, for all the folks out there, let the music speak for itself. You know, there's a lot of, you know, over the years as I've been a DJ, I began being like super judgmental about DJs. You'd be like, oh, they're using the sync button. Oh, they're not actually live mixing. I'm so mad about it. But, you know, as I've grown older, I'm like, you know, this stuff isn't super easy. It's not something you just pick up, push a button and go. It takes effort and it takes a lot of thinking and playing the right tracks at the right time to the right crowd is not an easy thing to learn. So like a lot of people there's so much judgment in the world right now people are always criticizing so much negativity i want people to be more positive Let's bring more positivity back in the world do you think that social media has risen to that and and gives people a keyboard warrior kind of behind the scenes kind of yeah. i can say what i want without worrying about being punched in the face for it where, exactly oh i hundred i I mean, social media is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing we can connect to so many people instantaneously across the world, but it's also a curse because we have those keyboard warriors. I mean, very few people would go up to a DJ after playing a two-hour set and saying, you had the sync button all night. What's wrong with you? You're terrible. And they would never say that, but over Twitter, they'd you know, have no problem saying, oh, I see the sync button is illuminated. What's going on? So I think, again, it's a blessing and a curse, unfortunately. You know, maybe Pioneer should make a, a, an internal menu button that lets you turn the sync button light off, but still let you use sync. I don't know. Maybe, Just thoughts I, mean, here. Not, I mean, potentially. <laughs> you know, I saw a funny meme that said, uh, you know, with the Elon Musk thing going on lately, he said, uh, there was a meme that said, Elon, uh, it was like, it was a user generated said, now I'm going to buy Pioneer and remove the sync button. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I saw that. That's pretty Cause awesome. Because, you know, I'm the, no, I'm the no sync gang. I never use sync ever. So. Awesome. Chris, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's great to get an interview. We'll be following up with you, watching your career go, watching your productions come out, definitely watching you in the mobile studio and other places here around town here shortly. Any shout outs you want to give to anyone before I let you get going? 
You know, I don't think, you know, big shout out to you, Darren. You oh, were the you first guy to kind of give me my first uh, platform. Um, I think it was what, like almost three years ago now. Um, so big shout out to you. All the work you've done for all the resident DJs has been wonderful. Pushing our careers forward, really being that voice for us um, that sometimes DJs don't have um, because we're very good on the decks, but we don't have those connections that you have. We don't have that go-getter Darren energy that you seem to always have 24-7. So big shout out to you. Thanks for putting everything together. You've been wonderful. Well, just, you know, just don't scare people away. Let them know how much I use Discord. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try my best. I'll try my best. <laughs> awesome. Chris, thank you so much. I really appreciate having you on. I'll be seeing you on the deck soon. Thank you very much, Darren. Appreciate it. All right. On that note, don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on TikTok. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter. Even that other place called Fbook. That stands for Facebook, by the way. But more or less, go check out the past episodes in the archives of our resident DJs and check out Chris138 on the DJSessions.com. This is Darren, and that's Chris138. And you know what happens on the DJ Sessions? The music never stops. <laughs>